You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked In Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's show with uh, Justin. We'll hopefully have him on some more in the future. Let's, uh, we got a lot to talk about on the show today, so let's dive into a few things. Let's start with the quick one. I want to thank uh, to Simon 12 for the review on uh, iTunes, uh, Mailman, which means, as he puts it, he's listening to us daily. Those daily downloads help a bunch, so thank you, man. Uh, let's dive into a few questions I got on the internet from this past week, and I should say probably from this past weekend. Uh, I had a few questions about Quantrell and, you know, thinking he was the centerpiece of the deal with Clevenger, and as good as he has been uh, with the Indians, almost surprisingly uh, good to a degree, he was not that strong uh, consistently in San Diego. He was clearly, to me at least, the fourth or fifth piece in that deal. Uh, I one can make a case he was the fifth piece that that uh, that do is a higher rated player just because of the potential ceiling. So we'll see. Um, I've talked about Andy before, and he corrected uh, me mispronouncing his name. Uh, Andy Debzice. Debzice. Let's see if I said it correctly. To say his uh, his Twitter handle D E B C I S E. Uh, he wanted to know what my senior thesis was, as he had a history degree with a minor in political science. Uh, Ohio State didn't require a senior thesis. I didn't do one. Closest I came was a thesis length paper on Sir Francis Drake for a uh, history class. And then he wanted to know how many times has a team had a reliever of the year, Cy Young, and the MVP in one year. And if you listen to yesterday's show, I talked about the fact that the Rule 8's Relief Award, and I was talking about it, doesn't exist anymore, so that can't actually happen. 2012 was the last time that award existed, which, I mean, that's a long time ago. That shows how much I paid attention to that particular award. But I did the legwork, and if you count when Dennis Eckersley won everything, that's one of the years where that happened, because uh, he was the... MVP, the uh, the Cy Young and the Rollades Relief winner, and then the other one was uh, the Oakland Athletics, where they had uh, MVP. It was like it, I think it was the. Uh, now I'm gonna pause because I accidentally deleted that. It's because they had back to back Koch one year, one year and then Keith Folk in the other. I think 2002 is when they had all three. I am correct. It was Zito and Tejada in. Uh, 2002. So that's the only time that that has happened, where you had uh, teams competing all near the top of those award uh, contests. I thought that was interesting to dive into. Uh, and then just some talk about, you know, managerial changes, and we'll see. And and when I was talking about that on Twitter, I meant more like people at the top. Uh, what we saw with the Angels already letting go of Billy Epler. I'll be curious to see if they go and add Dombrowski, as they talked about. Uh, if they do, uh, they're going to be selling uh, every prospect. Uh, first thing Dombrowski does when he comes to a team is uh, liquidate the miners. So if the Indians did feel like they have a little bit of pitching depth uh, or 
feel like there's a chance to maybe get someone like Brandon Marsh out of there for a piece or two, I would uh, strongly consider calling the Angels the minute Dombrowski comes in. Uh, and then Zahn Zanner asked, I think, you know, with all things after the postseason, the rotation, and he says, I feel pretty good about the 1-2-3 as long uh, as they line up with other teams, one, two, three, but what's the realistic scenario for the postseason? I mean, I think what we're seeing right now in the postseason uh, for this first series with the with uh, Bieber, Carrasco, Plesak, I think that's your, your top three for sure. And I think uh, Savali is your fourth. You don't typically need anyone beyond that. We shall see. But I think uh, we're really going to see McKenzie working kind of a multi-inning relief role. We'll see some of those other bullpen arms get opportunities. But I think you're looking at those three to four guys. And that those three to four can match up with just about any team. Uh, it's going to be hard-pressed to find a team that has a better one, two, three in the Indians. And with, t- uh, with tomorrow being the first postseason game, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the Yankees and specifically their starter for next for next year for Game 1. Uh, as we looked into the series, that was interesting. They already announced that uh, uh, Kyle Higasaki is going to be the catcher. Uh, Gary Sanchez has struggled mightily this year, and you look at the numbers, but he's still a better uh, offensive catcher. They're straight going for uh, pitch framing and someone who can help uh, with Garrett Cole and pitch placement, and they're going for defense already. That was announced uh, for this game. So let's talk about the Yankees. Man, I I paid so little attention to the Yankees. I didn't realize Esteban Florial got in uh, three, uh, got three plate appearances for them this year. I I feel like before this season, he had never even gotten above a ball, so they, uh, they moved him quickly up there. So let's just talk about some of your basic stuff. Uh, weighted on base average. Not surprising that DJ LeMahieu is second, in, top two percent, I should say. Uh, Luke Voigt, top eight percent. Looking at those advanced stats, barrel percentage. Now this is where you get LeMahieu, bottom eight percent of the league. On the other side of things, Gary Sanchez. We talked about he had. I mean. If you haven't found the Yankees, uh, he had 147 with a 253 on base percentage and a 365 slugging. When he did make contact, though, top second percent of the league in hard hit and top nine percent in hard hit percentage. So uh, top two uh, percent in barreled percentage, I should say, and top nine percent in hard hit. Expected batting average, bottom four. Uh, Gio Urshela is top 3% in expected batting average. LeMahieu, top 2%. Voigt, top 4% expected slugging. Uh, what you aren't hearing me say here is the names, you know, uh, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, those guys, uh, Glyber Torres. The players you kind of expected to step up for the Yankees did not have their best years. Torres had a very much a comeback to earth year. Uh, after his big breakout a year ago, 243, 356 is an acceptable on base percentage, but the 368 slugging, I think we all expected double digit home runs, not three from him. And, you know, just talking about the, the big names, Judge got 114 plate appearances and 256, 336, 554 uh, slash line. Still hitting for power, but uh, health just continues to be an issue. And Stanton, 250, 387, 500. 
Uh, again, solid line, but just 94 plate appearances. A lot of money invested in those. And one other player I didn't mention all in the uh, weighted on-base average con. Clint Frazier was nine, top 9% of the league. He did qualify. Uh, but, yeah, that's their offense. Uh, outside of LeMahieu and Sanchez, LeMahieu's barrel percentage and Sanchez expected batting average, no other blue stats for them. Just uh, high-level production, especially of the Voigt and LeMahieu. There's the two guys in that lineup you need to be most concerned about currently. Something you do not need to be concerned about is rockauto.com. If you need a piece or part for your car, you want to go to rockauto.com. It's a family company. It's been around for years. And cutting out the middlemen, cutting out all the steps that can lead to more money, more cost to the consumer, and they pass that savings on to you. It's a very easy-to-navigate site. It's an easy place to go. Find your car, find the part, and then compare for yourself. Look for yourself, and you'll see why rockauto.com is such a fantastic company. And remember that when you go to rockauto.com, they have a little box. How'd you hear about us? In the how'd you hear about us section of the of their checkout, you're going to write locked on, locked on Indians, locked on MLB. Just put locked on in there, and that lets them know that we told you about them. So if you need a part for your car, you owe it to yourself to go check out rockauto.com. Make sure you are getting the right deal, the right piece, and save yourself money and peace of mind every time you go to rockauto.com. Okay, let's talk about the Yankees pitching staff, and then we're going to talk about some random Indian stats uh, for this year. We'll also talk about the Yankees defense. But pitching numbers, uh, it's a mix. I think it's pretty fair to say that. So amongst uh, their bullpen is where you're looking at the best stuff for the most part. Uh, Jonathan Lusagia had... Uh, Faced 100 batters this year. See, that's where I look at the data. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at hard numbers, but I'd rather see, like, you know, how many games started, how much he worked out of the pen. Doesn't change the fact. Hard hit percentage, bottom or top 5%, which means, you know, bottom 5 in terms of getting hit hard. Top 5% of the league in exit velocity. Not hit very hard by him uh, against him. Zach Britton, uh, weighted on base, top 3%. Uh, weighted on base con, top 1%. As you can expect it slugging, top four, top six for uh, expected weighted on base. Just dynamite numbers there. Chad Green, top 3% of the league in weighted on base, top 5% of the league in barrel percentage, expected batting average, top 2% of the league. Uh, those are not guys that you uh, you want to see at the ends of this game, are those three guys. Chapman, Odovino, they have not been as effective this year. It's not to say that Chapman's necessarily been bad. Uh, he's been still very good in terms of uh, the overall numbers against him. Guys are having a hard time making contact. But he just wasn't quite up there with those other arms. Uh, other players of note, uh, Jordan Montgomery, top 5% of the league in exit velocity. James Paxton, James Paxton was bottom 6 in the weighted on base con. Odovino mentioned some of his struggles. Bottom 2% of the league in hard hit percentage. And Garrett Cole, bottom 6% of the league in hard hit, bottom 9% of the league in exit velocity. Uh, batting average against was a 196, and slugging's a 385. I should say those are the expected ones, but uh, when you do hit Cole, he's been hit very hard this year, and we talked about that on the show last night. Uh, Nick Nelson, who appeared in a bunch of games, was bottom 7% of the league 
in expected uh, batting average and bottom 10% in expected on base average. So, uh, yeah, as a team, they haven't been bad, and it's one of those things you look at Garrett Cole. He doesn't have anything in the red. He has nothing where he's the top percent of the league in these predictive stat categories. But when you're giving him all that money, that's a that's a concern, at least for me. Uh, Debbie Garcia, decent numbers across the board, but when you look at something like expected batting average, it's a little bit higher, expected slugging. Uh, he could definitely be gotten to. And then come down to... Where is uh, Tanaka... For whatever reason, there he is. He's up here near the top. Uh, 439 slugging, 244 uh, batting average. He's, again, not bad, not great with him. That's kind of the story of this pitching staff. And that was always the thing with the Yankees. Adding Garrett Cole doesn't improve that overall rotation. And they were still short a starter or two, even before injuries. Uh, James Paxton has been inconsistent. You know, Tanaka is what he is. He's more of a kind of a back-end guy. Uh, Garcia has gotten the opportunity this year. Jay Happ hasn't really worked out as a starter. you got Montgomery, who's another starter. They don't have the high-end starters that other teams have, and I think that's something that really holds them back. In terms of fielding, uh, Tyler Wade, Aaron Judge, Mike Tuchman, and Clint Frazier have all been uh, outs-above-average defenders. And then their worst defenders... Aaron Hicks in center, Miguel Anjouar, Luke Voigt are the guys who really stand out as the uh, the worst defenders. Interesting that in the outs above average category, Gio Urshela has a negative score. Maybe not what most people would think. Success rate added. Uh, man, Miguel Anjouar was at a negative 22%. He was uh, a butcher out there compared to the others. Uh, it's I, I, I never really know what to make of fielding. And then in running, uh, their catchers are slow. And as is Mike Ford, uh, not a whole lot else to take from that directly. But, you know, we really profiled them heavily on the podcast last night between Justin and myself. You can go back and listen to that. There are a lot of great insights. Not necessarily mine, but Justin really knows what he's talking about. Uh, this is just kind of looking at the numbers and diving directly into it. Uh, let's. I want to bring up some stats that Tribe Insider, which is the official uh, behind-the-scenes voice of the Cleveland Indians, is how they describe themselves. I thought this was interesting, just some of the tweets they had had. That Shane Bieber is the... Uh, he won the MLB Triple Crown. So it means he led the league in wins, strikeouts, and ERA. And not the American League. He led all of baseball in those three categories. No Tribe pitcher had accomplished that before. Uh, Bob Feller did it in the AL only. The other players who have done that, Johan Santana, and we talked about this a bit on the po- uh, podcast in 2006. Doc Gooden in, I believe that's, yeah, 85. Sandy Koufax in 63, 65, and 66. Hal Newhauser in 45. Lefty Grove in 30 and 31. Dazzy Vance in 24. Walter Johnson in 13 and 18. And Grover Alexander in 15. So in the modern era, basically since like 1970, it's been Johan Santana, Shane Bieber, and Doc Gooden. That's it. Uh, Other fun stats this year, Jose Ramirez finished tied uh, for first in the American League for extra base hits, along with Jose Abreu of the White Sox. It's the second time he shared the league lead in extra base hits, which he did in 2017. His final 11 hits on the season were all extra base hits. And uh, some other fun ones here, Brad Hand is just the second Indian to lead the majors in saves. The other was Jose Mesa in 95, of course. 
And I didn't realize this until I saw it. Cesar Hernandez led the AL in doubles, the fourth Cleveland batter since 96 to do so. He is uh, joining Grady Sizemore in 2006, Michael Brantley in 2015, and Jose Ramirez in 2017. And one more thing they tweeted out, just to go heavy on these stats. I know I'm just reading a Twitter wall here, so I apologize. But I think these are good, interesting stats. That uh, Just how good Shane Bieber was this year. When you look at his ERA plus adjusted over this year, it was a, because this is actually a Buster Olney tweet, but he did not put the pitchers in order. It was very odd how he put together. Bieber had a 281 ERA plus. So you go back and you look, Pedro in 99 was a 243. Pedro in 2000 was a 291. Jake Arrieta in 2015 is an odd one to put on this list. But if you go back, DeGrom in 2018 was a 218. Maddox in 95, a 260. Bob Gibson in 1968 at 2.58. So Bieber's 2.81 this year. The only pitcher that was on this selected list that was higher was Pedro in 2000. It was That's why the Indians have a chance against anyone. When you have Shane Bieber after what he did, you have a chance against every team you face out there. So should we do the whole thing where I just quickly run through uh, compare positions and positional advantage, Indians versus Yankees? We should... We haven't done it this year. You know, the, the Indians were only facing teams in the Centrals. So let's do it. Uh, to end this podcast, do something that has been a favorite from others when uh, we've we've done it on the podcast. So let's just start off with the uh, typical way. You move to the catcher position. Uh, this, this is almost a push for me because, yes, uh, Sanchez was better than anything the Indians have offensively, but defensively he still has his issues. Uh, I want to put him there. I'm going to give him the advantage just based on his previous performance, but it's not not necessarily the case. Like I said, catcher could easily make a push. First base, uh, talked about Luke Voigt might be the most dangerous hitter on the Yankees. Advantage, Yankees. So that gives them a two-spot advantage. Moving to second base, DJ LeMayhew has been utterly fantastic three-spot advantage. Moving over to shortstop, Glabor Torres, yeah, Torres, we talked about his bit of a down year. Uh, Lindor maybe didn't have the huge year people were expecting, but still a strong, solid year. Uh, advantage Indians, so now a two-point differential third base. Doesn't matter. Jose Ramirez should win the AL MVP. He's clearly the best third baseman in the American League this year. It's advantage Indians. Yes, it's Gio Urshela, former Indian there, who had a, a solid year, but uh, a, a Jose Ramirez versus Shilla is not a competition. So the Yankees have a one-spot lead going to the outfield, uh, which is always where the Indians fall apart badly. Left field, you've got the Gardner-Frazier platoon, advantage Yankees. Center field, Aaron Hicks, maybe not the best defender, but offensively was quite productive this year, advantage Yankees. Right field, Aaron Judge, advantage Yankees. There's really no point in in even debating the Indian side of things. The outfield has been a crud show. So on the whole, the Yankees were up one before we got to the outfield. Outfield gives them a four-position advantage. That is significant. significant. You look at the Yankees starting rotation. You know, I, I talked about things like this with the Brewers, and it was unfair when I said to the Brewers because Brandon Woodruff and uh, Corbin Burns were quite good. But uh, honestly, outside of Garrett Cole, I'm not sure anyone else on this team for sure cracks the Indians' rotation. Mashiro Tanaka probably. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, if the Indians had acquired Debbie Garcia in a trade, he's probably working out of the pen for them. He's not a starter. It's a pretty big advantage, and I think when you look at pitcher versus pitcher in a lineup, the Indians would have the advantage in one through five pitching. Now, it's only a one-spot differential, so the Yankees are still up by uh, three positions. You move into the bullpen, and Zach Britton, we talked about the stats there, has been great. Chad Green has been great. Uh, Jonathan Lozoigia has got some advantageous numbers. But right now, this pen essentially comes down to Chapman, Britton, and Green versus the Indians' equivalent of Hand, uh, Karen Chalk. And right now, I think Whitgren would probably be the third piece in that puzzle. And I would give the advantage to the Yankees. I just would. I'd rather have their three than our three, though I would not. I don't want anything to do with Chapman in general. But if I could uh, divorce myself from the off the field, if everyone was the same player off the field, and you can't really argue that the Yankees group isn't better. So that's advantage Yankees. So they end with a four-spot advantage, which is pretty significant uh, in terms of their bench. They're carrying two catchers as well. You know, it's uh, similar there. Uh, we'll see how they handle some things, how much rope someone like uh, Debbie Garcia gets. They called up Clark Schmidt, who's another top prospect. They, you know, they went into their minors this year, promoted Schmidt and Garcia because of their pitching woes. And, you know, we talked about Esteban Florial got some at-bats as well. But we'll see. This is a, it's an interesting series. You know, the Yankees are kind of a dangerous team because that offense has the pieces to be utterly dominant. They have, uh, outside of the catching position where Sanchez really struggled this year, one can make a case they have, a, you know, an above average or to, you know, MVP level talent at almost every offensive position. The Indians don't have that, and that gives them such a big advantage. And it's one of those things where, I don't know, like the Twins and the Yankees are very similar teams to me. I, I don't know which one I'd prefer. Uh, both teams know the Indians well. They have a lot of stuff on the pitchers. You know, the Yankees pitching coach, Matt Blake, helped develop a lot of these arms. And the uh, the Twins have just seen a lot of these Yank, uh, Indians guys. It, it really makes you wish, in some regards, that uh, it's an impossibility to have faced Oakland, who fell to the third spot, but they were scuffling so badly. That was the team we wanted in round one. Uh, Yankees, and frankly, or to have a situation where you could face the White Sox, that's the team you wanted. The Yankees and the Twins were probably the two teams I least wanted to face, but uh, playing well at the end, that's what you end up with. Tuesday's game, tomorrow's game, when you're listening to this, it's going to be a fun one. Tune in, uh, see Shane Bieber, hopefully do Shane bieber things. And, you know, the Indians, my prediction for tomorrow is they'll win a close one. This will be like a, you know, a 2-1 game, a 3-2 game. I, I think the Indians do win. I think Bieber probably goes 7 or 8. And my only concern at this point is when you go to that bullpen, you know, it, we talked about it on the show yesterday, again, that, you know, Karen Chalk is very much someone who excels in the familiar, uh, might be the most regimented player I've ever seen in the minors in terms of, you know, I need to do this, this, and this, uh, almost to the OCD level people will talk about who were around him. Uh, you worry about the change to the postseason. Is he going to be able to, is that going to knock off anything? Uh, and if he's your first guy out of the pen, he could come in in some high leverage situations. So that's kind of my one 
thing I'm going to be looking out for is how Karinchok pitches because they're going to need him multiple games in this series. I have little doubt about that. And can the Indians overcome Sandy Alomar's managing? Uh, he has put on a display of uh, not-so-great choices or very, very old-school approaches. And you know we know already if this game is tied in the ninth inning, you won't see Brad Hand. You'll see another pitcher because you only use your closer when there's the lead is the logic that we are seeing presented. It's it's not ideal. And when this team went deep into the postseason, went to that World Series against the Cubs, it was when Tito was doing things that other managers weren't, when he was uh, writing his pen the way he did and his starters. And that's how he got the most of a team that had less talent. And the Indians are going to have less talent because they have not spent and they've been forced to cut payroll every single year. And that's what we're seeing with this team now. Uh, it's great they're in the postseason. I saw Peter King uh, predicted them to make the World Series. And I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think they can get there. But imagine if this team had not cut payroll the past two years and actually been able to I don't know, afford another outfielder or two. Uh, if they'd just done some small cuts. That's where I kind of am with this team. I know I should just be happy the Indians are in the postseason and they have a chance. But I just keep coming back to they've cut two years in a row, basically since John Sherman left to be minority owner. That effect uh, is still being felt, and I just look at the lineup, and I look at those corner outfield spots, and I mean, it felt like Naquin got worse as the year went on, and center field is just the disaster show, and uh, Naylor had some good hits late in the season. We'll see if they let him be more in a platoon-type player. I'm very curious to see what the Cleveland Indians are going to do. Uh, with some of these players down the stretch. I would have loved to have seen more Daniel Johnson this year. We have, uh, just in terms of preparing for the game, I haven't seen any other changes. So as of now, but still that, you know, Logan Allen came up, Yu Chen Chang got sent down, and then Adam Simber was recalled. So Simber is back as another option in the pen. And, yeah, sit back and enjoy. Make some time. Uh, the Cleveland Indians are back in the postseason. Oh, and by the way, if this was a typical season, they would be in the postseason uh, along with the New York Yankees. They would be both the wild card entries in this. So if even if someone wants to make a deal about, oh, it's expanded playoffs, the Indians would have been in in the old system even if these playoffs were not expanded. Another long one. Uh, I feel like I'm getting more long-winded as the season has gone on. I have not heard any complaints. I'm going to assume that the listeners out there are appreciating more talk as a good thing. I want to thank everyone. Again, uh, rating and reviewing helps, even the not-so-great ones on iTunes. The downloading and listening every day is huge for the show as well. Thank you all. I appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm still aspiring that uh, when uh, Dave Dave Locke sends out the weekly email, someday that it will be Locked on Indians will be amongst the top ten shows on the baseball side of the things on the network. We're not there yet, but I, that's what I'm aspiring to soon. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I did just drop my yearly tradition, the way-too-early mock draft. Now, that does not have the Cleveland Indians in it because they are still in the postseason. As teams get eliminated, I add them to the mock. But you can see, uh, what, 14 picks because more teams made the postseason than did not. Uh, The Houston Astros will not have a pick, so we'll have 29 picks eventually in the mock. And eventually we'll get to the Indians pick, so something else to, to watch out for. Uh, you can find the link in the Twitter, uh, or you can go to MLB Draft now at blogspot.com. 
and it's you know it's a draft year that's going to be important because the Indians keep building that pipeline up of trying to have that never-ending uh, cycle of greatness and next year's draft is going to be a very good one because of how short this year's draft was I've been I already said that part you guys know me I'm Jeff Ellis the only person who's ever done this show this has been Locked on Indians again thank you all for listening and all that you do and as always go tribe <laughs>